0: Hello, hello, hello! Welcome back to the Compton Podcast, where we talk about your movies, music, TV shows, and more. I'm Tori. I'm Marin. I'm Nia, and I'm DeCoria. And I think this is our first four uh, group podcast since the new year has happened. Um, Lunar New Year is coming up, and I hope you guys sort of are slowly but surely getting back into the swing of things. I know I'm. I'm. I... It's working um we hope that you drink your water you put on your sunscreen you eat lunch today you didn't eat lunch today eat food babes thanks once again for always giving us feedback our transit love episode is doing very well thank you guys for listening to that i did not think that was going to do numbers that quickly um and i think we got some more five-star reviews or, or some more reviews on our spotify so we always appreciate that um with that being said today i enticed our lovely ladies to watch a movie that i really enjoyed over the break called the big four um this is the first indonesian piece of cinema i think i've watched ever which will not be my last because i truly enjoyed it so the big four is a 2022 indonesian action comedy film written and directed by timo oh, i'm gonna butcher your last name. i'm so sorry Taya hanto I think you say the J's like you would a Y in Spanish. Um, Released by Netflix on the 15th of December. It tells the story of four retired assassins played by Ambimana, Arya Satya, Lutesha, Ari Critting, and Cristo Emmanuel. Once again, I apologize for pronunciation. Who spring back into action when the, they cross paths with a straight arrow cub, who's played by Putri Marina, um, who is determined to track down an elusive murder um upon release the big four ranked within the top 10 most watched titles in 53 countries including indonesia um and there has been attempted to develop a sequel ladies is this your first piece of indonesian media
1: yes it's my first indonesian media
2: uh for me it's not my first one because there's another movie called the raid that i saw like two years ago so this is my like second indonesian
3: movie
0: okay what do i give you yeah
3: this is my first
0: first first yes 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 we are expanding our palettes um so yes uh i like action movies so i thought i was gonna like this plus my timeline was like this movie's fun and i saw a very fine man so i was very enticed um (laughs) So, let's just start. So, the movie starts off at a family foundation, an orphanage. A nun is dropping off a child. She's like, please take good care of him. And, of course, is this a is this a friendly orphanage? No, it's a human trafficking and organ selling cover-up. Of course it is. And so, this kid is, like, obviously terrified as soon as the doors get closed. And he goes in and sees all these kids in these cells. And then he gets thrown in this prison cell with this dude, this weird dude named He's like, my name is Pilar, you can call me Pilar, who are you? And is like trying to light a cigarette, but then something beeps and he gets scared. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And so then the dudes come in and we're like, oh my God, we're going to watch watch this kid get dragged out. And immediately they drag out Pilar. And he's like, I'm terrified. He just starts saying the most obscene things. He said, I eat maggots like pigs. I said, sir, I don't think that's going to stop them from cutting you open. Pigs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's going to stop you from them to stop them from cutting you open I don't think they care (laughs) they obviously didn't they take him into a surgery room where he's just like immediately just shoved anesthesia into his face there's a really creepy doctor who hits one of the nurses on the ass and I'm like this is weird um you see behind the glasses there's this old man who's wanting to buy the organs out of this guy he's like you know the younger they are the more healthier they are and they're just talking about business like they're not gonna kill somebody it's like and so the dude has on the dude, the old dude looks old, but he's like, Yeah, there's something kinda of weird or off about him. And as they have their conversation with this dude named Don, you realize that oh, this is probably not that man's face. And of course it's not that man's face. And he's like, Yeah, Don, um he's like he says something along the lines of, Yeah, what you're doing is not right or what you're doing is for and then he just grabs him by the shoulder and shoots him in the forehead. And I was like, Well, shit. <laughs> That's one way to start all right? write it. He pulls off his mask. And who is that? My man, my man, my man. Topan. Ah! I haven't... It's been a while since I've just fallen in love with an actor just from face on screen. This man is gorgeous. And he continues to be gorgeous. I'm a... Did I tell you I'm weak in the news for long hair? If Y'all don't know that, by now, I'm weak in the news for men who have long hair. And so. Um, but she said the fans as these siblings save the orphan kids. They're throwing bombs, explosive. When Alpha threw that explosive, the lighter at that lady. I said, "How did that not burn them? How did the <laughs> explosive was so contained to like the door and beyond them?" So, um, Alpha, who was playing one of the nurses, takes out everybody in the surgery room. She tries to wake Palora up, who is trying to wake up from what is it, general anesthetics, and ends up throwing up. I was like, okay, this movie's going to be a little graphic. And a Little graphic, black comedy, a lot of action, and blood. Okay, let's go. Um, so they save all the orphans. We get to meet all of the siblings. It's Topin, who looks like the oldest in the head fighter. And then it is um, Alpha, who is our only sister sibling, who seems um, to be... Kind of in the guns, really good at hand-to-hand combat. Then we have Palor, who is kind of like an infiltrator bait guy. He also looks like he does a lot of the bomb making and mechanics. And then we have Django, who is our sharpshooter, who was outside of the building taking out the goons from the outside. They were trying to go in, and so they save all the kids. And just before the cop shows up, there there a dude in a truck pulls up, and they call him Dad. And we see that this their uh, seems like to be their adopted father, who is head of this vigilante operation so then the big four and pop move back into the city so we see this woman sitting at this photoshop by her lonesome minding her business when this the owner of the photoshop comes and tries to flirt with her and then tries to put his hand on her thigh and she rightfully so breaks his finger um and she turns out to be a cop and so the big four and pop pull up and we find out that pop is going to meet dina and dina seems to be his birth daughter and dina is the cop that we just saw so the big four go off to their hideout Pop and Dina go to take these pictures. They're kind of awkward with each other. And after they take pictures, they're walking back just chit-chatting, eating some street food. And we kind of find out that Pop has kind of been an absent father to Dina in the way that he's never been there for all of her important events. She asks him, you know, what is he doing? What's he busy with? He's like, a job just cleaning up stuff. And she's like, what are you doing? She's like, what are you cleaning up? He's like, you know, I can't tell you everything. And it seems like this is a pattern between the two of them that Dina doesn't know anything about her siblings or that her father is living this lifestyle of cleaning up crime that the government and the police will not do um we then return back to the big four's hideout where dad is talking to um the big four and he tells them that this is going to be his last job he's going to retire he wants to you know chill with Dina live the rest of his life peacefully and I thought this was kind of um sad because he says to them that you guys have each other but Dina has only me and I was like but you also the one who raised them and turned them into assassins and you're just going to leave them there. <laughs> I'm like, they probably already have unchecked abandonment issues as orphan children. That was kind of a weird tone for me, but the kids are like, Yeah, okay, we get it. Um, we all know how important Dina is to you and they kind of treat her like a sister um, well, <laughs> Topin kind of treats her like somebody who's very important to pop um alpha does not like her and i think it's just you know that kind of jealousy of dad always putting everything for for dina um like that but he talks about how he wants to retire to bercy and that he's gonna go to bercy and open up a hotel the next day dina is getting promoted or she's getting like um her like ceremony of becoming a cop full-time um we get to see her meet her dad's friend who's kind of like her second dad and you know they have this kind of like very comforting talk he's like assuring her that her dad's going to be there we go to dad's house where he's preparing to go see Dina but of course the way everything is set up uh, something is obviously going wrong dad's kind of like a little bit on edge somebody knocks on the door and it's just a neighbor then somebody knocks on the door again and he opens it up and it's a dude in a helmet and so this dude he's talking to this guy he's like oh have you come to kill me and the more and more they talk we kind of realize that dad knows who this person is we don't get to see his face we just get to see his eyes and his slit eyebrows um and unfortunately dad gets murdered with a knife to the chest so Dina is obviously disappointed that her dad didn't make it to ceremony so she goes to find him at the same time Topin, who has been trying to call pop for a while it's also not reaching him on the phone. So he's like, oh, let me just stop by to make sure he's okay. Or maybe he's with Dina and that's not why he's picking up. He gets to the house to find his um fine pop murdered on the floor. He He's crying. He's extremely upset. Um, Topin gets there before Dina. Dina walks in and she sees Topin kind of grieving over the father's body. But she doesn't really know what's going on. Because it is dark, during the lights on. And... She assumes that Topin is the murderer. Um, she's like freeze, don't move. Topin, of course, runs because they promised that they wouldn't tell Dina about them or their life, and he knows that he can't confront her like that. And so she shoots him, but he doesn't get shot fatally, and Topin gets away, and Dina goes out into the middle of the night screaming because of her loss. We're back at the Big Forest hideout where um, Alpha is, you know, bandaging Topin up, but they're watching on the news that a body had been found and that Pop is dead. And, um, asks Topin, you know, what are we going to do now? Um, and he's like, we got to get out of here. And so they decide to flee to Percy. Um, Years later, Dina is obviously still not okay. She's still haunted by her father's death. She's still searching for the murderer of her father. But in the meantime, she's become a well-oiled police machine. So well-oiled that her boss is like, you are doing too much work and it's making everybody else look bad. Now that ain't the motherfucking patriarchy for you, bitch. If y'all don't get your shit together, it don't make no sense that her pile of work is like three times higher than yours. And even then, it's not her fault. You bitches are just lazy. Um, but Dina and her, bo- Dina's boss is basically like, if you don't take a vacation, disappointing action is going to happen. I need you to take a vacation. And she's like, fine, what the fuck ever. But among the flyers that he gives her, she sees one for Bercy, and on there, one for Bercy is the name of the hotel that her dad had been talking about, so she becomes intrigued. She goes back home, she looks through her father's old things, she finds a picture of him in a frame. She takes the picture out of the frame, unfolds it, and sees four- children in a picture and she just screams fuck now at that moment i was like what is she assuming because we know they're orphans but i'm like oh did she assume her dad had a whole other family but of course it's probably tied to the lies that he's been telling her so she then goes to confront um her dad's friend and i think if i'm not i don't know if he told her they were orphans no he told her that they were just village children not to worry about it right oh. um they're village children not to worry about it he's like you should just take vacation and come back she was like the murderer was wearing my dad's hat the hat in this fucking picture oh that's why she screamed fuck now i remember i gotta find him she's like i'm going to Burris. you can find me if you want to i have to figure out what's going on so then we cut to a murder scene in some place we just do a very cartoonish villain with, like, four slits and one eyebrow and um, a very Italian mustache. Like, it's curled at the ends. <laughs> That's all I can think of. Like, I don't know what those type of mustaches are called. But, you a know, handlebar? handlebar. There we go. Yes, a handlebar mustache. Thank you, Marian. Um He has, like, a handlebar mustache and a vest. Um and he's like, you know, killing this dude. He's handling business with this guy, um, but you know, he's very he's very animated and cartoonish. Saw some music come on. He starts dancing. Saw some music, and then he slits this man's throat open. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I guess you're our an antagonist. And so, um, he gets he has a. Of course, I don't know why this is a trend, but a lot of like male villains who are in like type of action stories always have female assistants. Who are badasses and don't talk? <laughs> like it's a specific formula. And so um his badass assistant hands him the phone. He's on the phone with somebody and he's like, oh, uh huh. And so then the troops move out. So Dina travels to Bercy where she goes to the hotel her father opened. And who is at the counter? My fine ass man, Topan. Topan is there and immediately she's like, how long you been here? He's like, three years. Like, do you know this? Do you know this person? He's like, no, and so she immediately starts interrogating him, and he's just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And they go back and forth and back and forth. This kind of it's like cute and funny, but awkward at the same time because we. It's so like, Topin's acting is awful, <laughs> of him being like, of course I have no idea that that man is has a picture on his desk and then flips it over, and you're just like, you could tell that Topin was kind of shook by seeing Dina and it seems like he's always had a crush on Dina um, and so they have this kind of like back and forth and then Dina goes upstairs to this very empty very dusty ass hotel um, he's like you sure you want to stay the night here and she's like yeah I'm staying the night and so he goes back downstairs and then two men walk in and they start interrogating him and they pull out a gun on him and so Topin now turns up the music and tries to subdue these two men quietly without Dina catching on. So he's, like, having a conversation with Dina <laughs> uh, while he's trying to beat the shit out of these two men that are trying to murder him. And so somehow it, it it gets done. But it's so funny because Dina is so relentless. And so as he's, like, behind these, like, barstool doors, these Western barstool doors fighting these two men trying not to have their bodies drop on the ground she's still interrogating him about her father and she sees the picture that's laid on its back and she flips it over she's like look that's my dad you're lying to me and he finally admits it like in you know a, a moment of crisis He's like fine i am an orphan child that your father adopted And I agree to take you to my siblings, but you got to get out of here. He's like, you're bringing up my trauma. I'm going to cry. If you don't want to see me cry, then get out. And so the juxtaposition between the conversations that are had between the characters and all the killing that goes on, I think is very funny. I feel like I've seen this in other Southeast Asian films, but I feel like it's very unique in this Indonesian film because it feels so... um, natural (laughs) like if these characters were really like that in real life I was like yeah Topin would be kind of like this really good talker but also awful at lying like that and so it was it was kind of fun um so as agreed Topin goes to take Dina to visit Jingo. um Jingo, uh is running a healing time in the forest retreat scam for tourists where they like dress in hemp clothing and drink wild mushroom tea and shit like that um if this was a different movie it would look like a cult um but you know i digress you know dinas keep asking him and Topin questions of course um chingu who knows that their father never wanted dina to know about them or what they do is trying to hide it and him and you know Topin are kind of trying to have side conversations and trying to you know they're talking around the bush and doing all of this, you know, gets distracted and accidentally gives Dina hallucinations. I bust the fuck out laughing because I did not think <laughs> that that would be a part of any of the scenes in this movie. Like, she starts having a huge bad trip where she's, like, seeing them as demons and shit. You
1: and, like, like- she-
0: <laughs> Like, her eyes got huge, and she was drooling and sweating, and her face was red. And I was like, are these mushrooms going to kill her?
1: And she's, like, they having a her, very bad- Oh, my God. They gave her frog skin. Oh, the frog. Yeah, frog skin. It wasn't
0: mushrooms. <laughs> they did give um, frog skin. And now I remember- Don't y'all remember all those jokes they used to make in 90s cartoons about licking frogs? Yeah. yeah. I feel like that was a thing. Yeah, so kids, don't don't lick toads. Don't lick frogs. I guess that's how the olden people got high back in the day. You oh Don't do it anymore, <laughs> please. For those of you who don't know, Mary has a terrible phobia of frogs. Oh <laughs> so <God>. this conversation. <laughs> I feel <laughs> ill. <laughs> <laughs> please do save government-approved drugs like weed. Okay, okay. Um. So she's having this bad trip after kicking everybody in the balls um they finally tie her up <laughs> outside and they're like okay we promised dad during this time um palor does join them and he also gets attacked by crazy trippy Dina. Um and so they're like, okay, remember, we promised that that we weren't gonna tell her. We have to make sure our stories match. While they're having this conversation, they look outside and realize that Dina is gone. And Topin is continuing to look into the misty ass forest and he's like, Bitch, get on the ground. And so they get attacked by Antonio and his goons. <laughs> Dina's off in the forest somewhere. We still don't know if she's tripping her or if she's okay. Um, the boys are very rusty after three years of retirement and Antonio has the upper ground. Antonio's got a whole fucking army of goons and weapons and they ain't got shit. They got a bow and arrow that was sitting in Jingo's uh, as decoration. And so Topin was like, okay, you guys stay here. Don't die. I'm gonna go find Dina and we're gonna get out of here. While he's doing that Jingo and Pilar cannot just sit there and be still. And so they try to take on um, Antonio and his goons. Pelor has like this very, this like gold plated gun that just ends up being a lighter, um, which was funny as hell. And so they try to stay on their ground, but ultimately they are kidnapped by, they are held hostage by Antonio. Topin finds Dina in the forest. And he's like, look, I have to save my brothers and sisters. We gotta go. But this is after he saves Dina from almost being, um, shot by Antonio's goons but he takes them out and she's like what the fuck do you do what is all this he's like listen I ain't got time to explain all that we will talk about this later I gotta go save my two brothers before they die and so using one of Antonio's men as a shield Topin goes back to the hut um, Antonio's so excited to see you he's just like oh my god look at you being a brave brother throwing away your life to save them <laughs> and then shoots his man and Shoots the man that um, Topin is holding. hostage, The Topin is like, bitch, you just shot your own milk. The fuck, he's like, he's like, well, he's like, what the fuck, you're an animal. He's like, and Antonio's like, I'd rather be an animal. Humans are weak. I'm like, okay, you're one of those villains. And so they're having all this conversation, and we find out that Antonio was the first child that uh, Pop adopted, but ended up being so evil and greedy to do all the vigilante baddies, and you know fulfill dad's wish of taking out all this evil and so he just evaded him again and so of course this caused resentment in antonio they trying to kill um pilar somehow escapes and jingo's the only one who was captured and so it's jingo and Topin who are under antonio's hold and then pilar pulls up his little his little street cart with um Dina in the back he's calling her sister now and they basically burn this force to the fucking ground blow that shit up and leave and so Tobin of course is injured they're fixing his injuries and um Dina realizes after looking at him from behind looking at his silhouette she's like were you the man that was there the night my dad died and so now she's assuming that Topin was the murderer and she leaves after kicking Jingle well Topin and Jingle in the balls I think again <laughs> Um, and leave and Pilar's like listen Dina Topin would never do that he literally got to the house and dad was already dead and so um Pilar brings Dina back and and she's like, why should I trust y'all? Y'all are not telling me the truth. He's like, is like, okay, fine. We'll tell you everything. Let's go find Alpha. If you talk to Alpha, you know, Alpha's a girl, you'll believe her. And so Topin and Jingle are left to find transportation back to the city by themselves. Next, we go to the last sibling, who is Alpha, who was dressed in a little mermaid costume, singing karaoke in the middle of this, like, village and market to this, like, very creepy older chief. And I'm like, sis... Are times that bad? What's happening? <laughs> but like she was doing this as like a part of a deal that she was making with this man that um that after her performance was over that he would let her bring her contraband into the, you know, into the city without it being checked or whatever. And so um after that, Topin takes Jingo to retrieve his sniper rifle, where they learn more about Antonio whose actual name is Soranto. Um, which is some kind of play on words I think in Indonesian that I couldn't fully understand but um, his name is Saranto and uh, they you know they learned about how he really was the first child that Papa adopted but he was just too greedy and too cruel and cruel greedy Antonio hires some more crazy assassins now this scene this where I was like okay the humor in, in- Indonesian films must be real raunchy because this this crazy twin was it twins or he was a twin? He was a twin of a guy who had died earlier in the film I'm assuming, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm coming to avenge my brother." And he had a mohawk. He was just saying the most crazy lines. I have to find because honestly, I was like, "What is this dialogue?
1: Oh, when he said he would cut off Toban's balls and eat them. Yes. Yes, <laughs> I said. I said. What are we,
0: what are we truly talking about right now? But it's so crazy because even Antonio is caught off guard by this dude who has, like, he has, like, a scar over his eye so he can't see out of one eye. Also, Antonio's face is burnt, which is hilarious. I forgot about that. But the dude also has grills on the bottom of his teeth. And I'm like, oh, did he say they were American? Oh, I think I he said they yeah, but he's like, I'll skin his crotch and then eat his balls, and it's just very—it's like fair. And even Antonio, who's been weird this entire film, is like very thrown off by this man. <laughs> and so then Alpha, Palor, and Dina are at the beach waiting for Topin and Jingo to join them, and Alpha's basically answering all of Dina's questions like, "Yes, Dad adopted us. Yes, we're assassins. You got to be Miss Pretty and grow up." Um, you know, without having to kill people or whatever. And so they bicker back and forth, and then they get attacked by Antonio and his assassins again. Um, which I have to give it up for. I think a lot of the fight scenes are very cool. And the action is very unique. They use, like, a, like unique scenarios and things like that. Um, there was a lot of bazookas, though. We'll talk about... <laughs> There's a lot of bazookas that I just, like... How do y'all have that, that access to just, like, <laughs> giant <laughs> firepower like that? But I digress. Um, basically... It's a losing fight because there are so many of Antonio's men and Alpha, and you can take all of them, so Plor ends up getting kidnapped. Um, and so Topin agrees to meet Antonio at the hotel where it all started in, like, two or three days or whatever to get Plor back. And so the siblings are on this boat. They're making preparations to go save him, um... And Jingo like like yeah, I got all the weapons. Jingo has all the weapons or Alpha has all the weapons and Alpha has Jingo Sniper and this is a very weird scene <laughs> between Jingo and Alpha where they're talking about the they're talking about the sniper as if it's a woman and like Jingo is like truly like in love with this gun to the point of like <laughs> Sir, I think you need therapy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's like talking about talking about the gun like it's a woman, and Dina's just like accepting this 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 part of this conversation. And I'm like, okay, he's always been like that. Um, I'm sure there we can get to the bottom of that problem, but. All the while, Topin and, and Dina get closer, and they're kinda of being cute, and I'm t- totally shipping it and So the next scene is World War Three has started. Antonio and his men have set up camp at the hotel um the crew just gets to work they blowing shit up, pop pop, pop, blop, blop, blop. Dina fights with the weird dog assassin when he broke her leg. Or injured hard leg, I physically had a reaction to that. I was like the sound. <laughs> Dude, the sound that it happened. Um Dina fights the Weird Dog Assassin, Topan and Seranto fight, Alpha fights Serrano's sidekick. Um more bazookas. Um and then um but the crew wins. We like we take out jingles outside, you know, capping off people from the outside. The siblings are, you know, in close quarter combat on the inside there's a lot of, like, people getting stabbed and still fighting, or people getting shot and still fighting. Soronto and Toplan's fight, like, through the different rooms, through the hallways and shit, I was just like, oh, this is a lot of work. <laughs> and I do, I think my favorite part of a lot of the action is that they show how tired everybody is <laughs> after, like, 10-15 minutes of constant back and forth. But eventually, um, after Toplan gets stabbed in the hand, um, he then takes out that the knife that was stabbed him in the hand and throws it in Soranto's chest as Soranto dies like Pop died at the beginning of the film falling out of a window well Pop didn't fall out of a window but you know the knife to the chest and so Topan and Dina have a moment and police sirens go off and Dina's like I want you guys to turn yourself in you know you know we can fix all of this and all of that and then Topan kisses her and handcuffs her to the window so he's like listen I love you, we'll come back, but we cannot turn ourselves in, we gotta figure out, like there's nothing into this, and so they're like, we love you Dina but we'll be back, we can't go to jail right now, Pieces. and they dip um, and at the end of the movie we find out that Pop's best friend, who was the cop that was like Dina's second father, was involved dun, dun, in movie yay
1: Okay, um, thoughts? Man. <laughs> um, thoughts. Okay. Those fight scenes were a lot for me. Mm. <laughs> personally. <laughs> Those are my thoughts. Watching through the movie, I was like, okay, let's... The last half when they were going in to fight Antonio, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this is about to be bad. Um. But overall, I think it was an okay film for me. Okay uh cord um i thought it was pretty good i'll give it like a
2: solid like eight um Mm -hmm. the contrast between like the comedy and like the very (laughs) dark fight scenes (laughs) and gore was like really shocking though Mm -hmm.
0: nia
3: um i liked it um i was not ready for the amount of gore i was eating and that was a mistake um yeah yeah, I, might have, uh, I,
0: I should have reminded y'all this was gory. I pretty, I said it when we first picked it, but I should have reminded
3: y'all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I liked it. um Some of the comedy, I was like, right now the timing was a little strange, but yeah. um yeah, I liked it. It was entertaining. I'd give it like a seven point
0: five. Mm, is there any favorite scenes or things that stick out to you that's kind of different from media you watched before? Oh, for me. Oh, anybody. <laughs>
1: Can you repeat the question?
0: (sighs) Uh, I mean, anything, uh, favorite scenes or something that stuck out to you compared to action films that you're used to watching?
2: One thing that stuck out to me was, like, the villain. How kind of, like, flamboyant and, like, how much personality he had. Because usually Mm -hmm. villains are, like, very, like, cold and, like, no nonsense and stern in, like, action movies. But I thought he was a pretty, like, cool character. Like, good character and very, like, funny. Yeah.
1: Um, for me, it'd have to be the fight scenes. I feel like fight scenes are different in every in different countries, and mm-hmm. for the, this one, I don't know. It was gory, but in a way I have not experienced before. Like when that man's head got blown off, I was like, I cannot believe they showed me this man's now. Yeah, I feel like head.
0: it was. I feel like what you're what you're talking about is that it was gory, but nobody in the film is reacting to the gore. <laughs> It's
1: like yes, Gory blows
0: head off and we're just moving to the next scene. There's like yeah. no weight in the gore that they're doing. And, and 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 if this was a bad director, I feel like that would be very tacky and overkill. But they normalize that kind of use of, you know, effects and blood and stuff at the beginning of the film that it the the gore of the action and the ridiculousness of the comedy kind of m- mesh well <laughs> in a weird way
3: mm-hmm.
0: and so I, I yeah i definitely was talking about that yeah what about you Nia?
3: um yeah I, I thought it was the the action scenes were really well choreographed um definitely felt like they were very creative and fast-paced which was very cool to see um I can't, like, I know the stunt devils were very tired after this, (laughs) unless they did all their own own (laughs) stunts. Um, Yeah, I thought that it was very good. I liked um, any favorite scene. I would just say, like, the ending was cool. I like how the big four were kind of always two steps ahead, kind of. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. I tend to like film like this where it's, um, we have, like, a group of people doing action of any type, and so I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I felt very familiar. The unfamiliar was the contrast between the action and the comedy for me, but I think the more I watch Southeast Asian films, like, it's kind of normal. It's, like, to differentiating degrees. Like, I know when I first started watching Thai variety shows, the amount of dick jokes they make, I'm like, whoa, I've been watching Korea TV for too long and <laughs> that just came out of nowhere um, and so like, seeing the different sistership in different countries and how that's utilized is also very cool um, I'm wondering if other Asian action films are this, you know okay, or like, just a little bit of nonchalant when it comes to the action in action comedy. I mean, yeah, with well, the gore in action comedies it made me intrigued to watch more Indonesian film, um, which I thought was cool. Also, it doesn't hurt that the cast is beautiful. And Topan, the main place Topan, which is Abimana, is so fucking beautiful. And I'm just, I stan. Um, am I the only one who thought he was beautiful? No,
2: no, he was very handsome.
3: <laughs> he was good looking. Yes, he was.
0: <laughs> which helps get into the... Um, get into the film and i got more recommendations for movies that star him in it so i'm definitely gonna be watching those um soon but yeah i enjoyed it i think i i kind of like films like this where it's just like i feel like it was well written i feel like it was a well-written action comedy like the comedy part of it didn't suffer because of the gore um and the way they treated the gore in the action i felt like the action also wasn't a second thought you could tell that everybody was tired after filming all those action scenes. <laughs> um, I like the realisticness of people being like just worn out after like doing vigilante justice. Because I know some action movies you watch, you'd be like, "Bitch, you ain't died yet. <laughs> you ain't you ain't breathing hard, nothing, anything like that." So I always find those kind of realistic bits. Uh, I appreciate those realistic bits. So yes, I give it an eight point five. Out of ten, I really enjoyed it, and I would definitely watch more Indonesian cinema after this. Yes. Uh, what about you, Marion?
1: Um, honestly, I out of ten. Yes, I'd give it a three, only because the gore was too much, and there were moments of gross humor, and I can't stand gross humor. Like throwing up in movies uh, okay. is so gross to me. I can't do it.
0: Uh, what do I mean even... man?
1: I mean Corey.
0: Mm. i give it an eight, yes, yes, and Nia, you
3: said a seven point five Mhm, yeah, I'd give it a seven point five,
0: yes, I'm interested to see what other Indonesian films or Southeast Asian films are on Netflix. I feel like I feel like there's a couple of Indian films that got really popular last year. Oh yeah, there was one that got like really big. I can't
2: remember the name of it though, but it was like Neither really, really I, big. Yeah.
0: Neither can I, but yeah. So yeah, but it's definitely, my interest is piqued. Um, so yes. That being said, uh, we appreciate you guys for listening to this episode. Of course, we have more fun episodes on the way. And if you want to know what our episodes are, you can always join our Discord where we post our monthly list of episodes. Um or you can always come co- talk to us on the comment the Twitter or TikTok, the comment the podcast. Uh and don't forget us to give a five-star review. Uh until next time, I'm Tori. I'm Marin. I'm Nia.
1: And I'm DeCoria. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.